Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved. Today, I have the great pleasure of chatting with Julian Roberts, Executive Leadership Coach. Hello there, Julian. How are you? Hi, Lee. I'm great, and it's good to be on your show. And uh, I, what I love about you is your energy, and you're so um, passionate about what you do. So it's, it's you've got a bouncy uh, voice about it all. It's great. Oh, well, I, I thought you were going to say bouncy her then, and I thought, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a bouncy her for years. <laughs> no, thank you for well, that. Well, we're, we're, we're matching, basically, aren't we? So there we, we, are, we are indeed. We are indeed. And and if I'm honest, then it's quite a strong start you've made already. You can, you can already come back on the podcast with compliments <laughs> like that to start with. No, amazing. Amazing. So for people who don't know who Julian Roberts is, who is he? Where does, where does he, he come from? How does he got to do what he does? Well, I'm from your neck of the woods uh, um, originally. Um, Another brownie uh, point. Not that I'm ashamed of it, so, but I, I'm, 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 from, I'm from the north. I'm from, from Blackpool. And now I live on the south coast, um, where it's about three or four degrees warmer. And um, yes, uh, but yes, I, and I've, I've managed to lose my accent along the way. So uh, yes, so I'm I'm a, yeah I'm a coach, but I've been in the world of um, corporates uh, for twenty odd years, working for companies like Heinz, Yoplait, and um, um, Baxter's, and predominantly food industry, uh, doing a lot of. Um, sort of the sales side of things. I was leading sales teams. Uh, I was a commercial director at Yoplait, and which was all fine and dandy, enjoyed it, um, reasonably successful in that, in that context. Um, but I, it's interestingly, a number of years ago, there's two things that came and, and provoked me. First thing was uh, my wife and I had this decision. We wanted to foster, uh, foster a child yeah. and, and work on that. And the other aspect was I started to reflect on what I really uh, enjoyed in my career and weirdly I started to realize I actually got more excited when somebody in my team either uh, did something from me coaching them or did something that actually unlocked a behavior that led to a success for them I got more excited about that than actually just winning a listing or a client and so I started to bring those two things together this unlocking someone's potential where I got really excited but also wanting to create a, I suppose, a lifestyle that would facilitate us fostering a child because to help support and be around. So those two things led to me three and a half years ago, setting up my own company, um, initially doing consultancy and interim work in the sort of sales business advisory, which I still do. Yeah. Um, and then I then pursued to qualify as a, an executive coach. And now I coach leaders, individuals, uh, teams, uh, to uh, unlock their potential. That's 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 my purpose. That's my purpose. In fact, it's hundred thousand leaders I'm after. That's where I'm going for. However, that sounds very grand and very big, uh, but it's uh, something where I'm. I'm. You, you got to shoot for the stars, moons, whatever it is. Yeah. You get something along the way. I might get. I might get to the sky at some point. Who knows? Yeah, not amazing. So that that's me. So I've got a few a few different questions there actually. So my first question is: What is an executive leadership coach? It's a very grand title, isn't it? Um, yeah. It, in essence, 
I work with leaders. Uh, that's my, my niche. Um, so anybody who's in a capacity of leading, uh, I well, leading one person through to teams, I work with them. Um, in terms of coaching, it's all about me. It's all about working with that individual on their outcomes, you know, whether it's they've just been promoted or they've got um, a limiting belief about public presentations or they just want to have some transformation or some clarity. And I'll work with them on those specific outcomes. It's always future focus. It's always positive. Um, I'll get them the clarity they want. I'll get them an increased self-awareness. And along the way, we'll smash down limiting beliefs as well. So that's what I do. I work one-to-one with individuals yeah. and obviously it has been in person, but now it's obviously on Zoom now virtually. Yeah. Um, and it's usually over a six sort of week process over sort of two or three months, depending on the sort of clients or sort of needs. And I work within organizations for, I suppose, through a HR team for the leaders in that context. Got you, got you. And is there any, so when you say about unlocking potential, is it, um, and because of your background, uh, when you introduced yourself, it was uh, sales driven, is it particular specialism within the potential or is it, or is it just whatever challenges that they face themselves? It, it, it's it's not specific to sales. Um, I, yeah. I, I do work with salespeople, and also a lot of my network, my connections have been within the sales environments. Uh, it's basically somebody's got a a desire or an outcome, and you know they've come up with a goal. Uh, I believe I can help them facilitate that, uh, and that's the unlocking piece. You know, and they go away facilitated you know i don't tell them what to do it's it's a, it's a coaching process um and so it doesn't matter what it is uh, and it's specific to the sort of leadership potential yeah what are the secrets behind executive leadership coaching and is it any different secrets. yeah you must you must have some little tricks of the trade um, oh, yeah. and and is it i any wave different? my hands like this and they all <laughs> <laughs> yeah amazing amazing and and is it different delivering it over zoom than it is in face-to-face -face? does that bring out any new challenges as well yeah i mean i say secrets it's interesting i mean every coach has their own sort of style yep. and when you when you go through coach training initially it's funny because i've been with a sales background where you you know, you get taught the steps of the call and the way to go about, you know, introducing yourself or have an objective at the start, introducing yourself, build rapport, blah, 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 all the way through to closing the sale, like a process. Now, coaching, there is structure to it. You know, there's a sort of the grow model where, you know, you sort of goals, reality, op options, and then through to the, the will type of thing. Um, but you bring your own experience, you bring your own um, ways of, working and your authentic self. And so I have a, a style that's it's more style than secrets. Um, you know, I'm an NLP sort of practitioner as well. So I bring some NLP techniques, but I don't go into, you know, a call and I had a call with you and you, you wanted to achieve X, Y, Z in the next few months in a particular aspect. Um, I won't go, right. Okay. Beforehand I'll prepare, right. I know is what he wants to do. Therefore I'm going to do this, this, and this. I don't do that. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean I don't prepare. I get myself in, a, in the right states and the right approach and I will listen because often when I'm with a client is particularly when they've gone from first session to second session or whatever, they always go, I always go where their subconscious is right now, even though they might have talked about, you know, outcome number one last time. And we don't just go, let's, I don't go, let's go into outcome number two. It's not very, it's, it's very structured. It's very, that's very salesy. That's, that's fine. 
but I'll just go, what would you like to have happen now? And we go right now, we are your subconsciouses. And sometimes that goes back to where they were before, or it goes something else that's bubbling up. And so I use this, I call it inner wisdom. And, and, and it's that, you know, I might be talking with them or listening to them and, 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 I, and I hear key words that they're saying, and I, you might be saying, I don't know, delivering, delivering, whatever it is, a word. And I then I might hone in on that and pick up on it and understand what, why, why is there some conscious keep firing this word uh, to try and unlock something. And so I might at times think, do you know what, this might mean I might need to do an NLP technique. It feels right to do a, you know, logical levels technique with them that will help them discover their mission and purpose and get clarity on that, et cetera, et cetera. So there's no secrets. Um, the biggest thing for me is, is, is listening. Is, it is listening. And I've, I've listened to people for like 20 minutes sometimes and not said a word. And often they, they've generally worked out themselves what they're going to do and yeah. because there's massive, there's massive power. Uh, as this. Listening is, a, is an intervention. It's not a, it's not a passive thing. It's actually a, a tool I will use significantly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I'm a big, um, so I'm a big advocate of, uh, of uh, I think it was a Socrates quote when he said, I cannot teach anybody anything. I can only make them think. And, and I think by, by providing that, that space for, and just by listening, it, you're, you're, are you, you're forcing them to think a little bit more deeply on, on something that they might not have thought of it before prompted by your questions. Um, yes, totally. And yeah. it's interesting because the, the thinking bit, I have a lot of executives don't have time to think. And so when they've got some time with me, you know, 90 minutes, it gives them an opportunity of slightly forced thinking time, you know, and I will facilitate thinking and reflecting and get them to that subconscious. And it's interesting. We, we part of my training, we did an exercise um, on, on the whole listening and, and to try and create um, ways of helping people um, learn the skill of listening in a deeper way. And we did this one where you, you had to think of a, uh, a dilemma. So I would think of a dilemma. And if you were the, the other person, you would listen to me for five minutes, me explain that dilemma to you. Now, all you were supposed to do is just nod, smile. You weren't allowed to say anything. And, and strangely, everybody, the person who's sharing the dilemma, just by reflecting the dilemma, started to unpack solutions, options, ideas. And the person opposite didn't do anything except listen and nod. And so it's, it's, it's quite an interesting thing. And I always say to a lot of leaders, just spend some more time listening to your staff, to your people. Um, genuinely, not, not in a forced, you know, false way. Genuinely listen. And you'd be surprised, actually, they may actually answer <laughs> their own questions and they go away and they go, thanks for that. And you're thinking, didn't do anything. I just listened yep. to you. And, and also it creates that, you know, that connection. And people love and feel valued when you're listened to as well. So there's a, there's a coaching aspect, but there's also a genuine leadership thing to it. You know, it creates that sort of, oh, you really listened to me. I really felt you listened to me. And yep. that's sort of real power in it. Yeah, no, that definitely. So if you had to give some advice for people that, for how could they listen? How can they listen better? Um, or how can they become aware of how effectively they are listening now? What are the what are the things that you look out for? I guess, I mean, I use the quotes, you know, from Stephen Covey, um, who would say, you know, seek first to understand before being understood. And 
in any conversation, have that mindset to understand. Not, I'm, I'm going to talk to Lee, but actually I'm listening to him, but I want to get my point across. So I'm not, I'm not listening to you really because you're, you're talking and I'm just thinking, ready, next opportunity. So it's having that intent initially thinking, do you know what? I want to seek to first understand what Lee wants to share about this. And then obviously there's a conversation, you respond clearly, that's, that's nothing wrong with that. The other thing is, is be fully, fully present, be fully mm -hmm. in the moment. You know, if, if in that moment you don't have time to listen properly, and I say this a lot to my children now and my wife, um, very carefully, my wife. I was just about to ask, um, how is that going? <laughs> <laughs> I, I say, at this moment, I, I haven't got any headspace to think, to speak, to talk to you about this. Can I, can we speak in half an hour's time? I'm, just, I'm in the middle of something. And often we, not so much now, because we don't work in offices anymore, uh, but when you're open offices, people would come over and, you know, and you, you get used to people looking up and then you're literally doing the work at the same time. I think people do that on Zoom anyway, but um, don't worry. I'm, I am not doing any emails right now, but um, it's being fully present and fully engaged and you're, you're genuinely want to. So there's just two things. Just have the intent that you really want to listen. And the other thing is you have the time and the energy to be fully present about this situation and just be yeah. honest about how you happens. Yeah, no, completely, completely. Do you try to coach your wife? Do I try to coach my wife? Um, it's funny because I, I naturally ask those questions and, um, and, you know, and we know, you know, blokes are all about fixing it. You know, we can fix it. We can sort it. I've learned that actually, I can't fix anything really, no. but you know what, by listening really not, not, not nodding and pretending I'm listening to my wife <laughs> actually has a lot more impact than that's all she wants to do. I mean, particularly, you know, my wife particularly wants to be listened to and yeah. that's it. And, and then goes away and doesn't need me to fix it because, She's not asking me to fix it. Um, my kids, I have, and they always say when I kick into that mode sometimes of coaching, you know, like my, my daughter wanted to think about what she was doing next year and how she's going to go about GCSEs. It, that didn't happen uh, this year. And, and I said, well, what would you like to have happen? And she went, oh, well, I want to achieve this, this, and this, this, and this. Oh, how about? And I just, oh, and before I even said how, she said, oh, you know what? I'm going to really get motivated. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And I didn't tell her anything to do because actually she's probably no bizarrely enough. We sort of know ourselves better than we really realize. And I just facilitated this conversation in a, in a, in a, in a sort of a, a walk. And at the end she said, daddy, you've been coaching me again. I said, no, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I was just facilitating. And it's that sort of thing. I, I will do that with people and often just, I just can't help it because I love it because I just yeah. think, it's an opportunity to get something out and people to change and go away. Oh, thank you for listening. That's really, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. No, completely. And it comes back to I, your I also, Sorry. Sorry. To, yeah, I, sorry just over, I interrupted you. Because what I do believe is, and I've, I've found often when I've gone through coaching senior executives, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, I think, I know they're going to do this. I do something that comes up and I say, I don't share it. And, some, and often I'm glad I didn't share because often they come up with things I never even thought of. Yeah. And that's the, that's the wonderful thing about it. You go, I didn't think of that. And that's why I'm not him. And that's, and that's, that's, that's the beauty of it. It's great. I love yeah, it. No, and, and your passion comes across quite, quite evidently for, for what you do and why you do it. And when you said at the start about un unlocking uh, people's potential, 
and it's all about people isn't it so whether it yeah. whether it's your daughter whether it's your wife whether it's the, uh, a leader it, it it sounds like that you you try to do it in in all aspects of your life um yeah and that's where the fostering came into i mean i've, I've got three of my own daughters um and then fostering came out of that as well i mean it was not that we are a savior to our foster daughter. Um, it's that we're going to provide an environment that will give her, her a better chance. And, and, and in that comes that unlocking, you know, uh, sort of aspect of it as well. So it, it sort of, it's like in the, you find your purpose and things start to connect and you realize actually when you're in your purpose, you love it and it's excited. You've got energy for it. And it takes you down paths that you wouldn't have realized, but actually because you're, you're driven by your, your purpose. And that's, that's, that's where that came out. Was there a single mom? So um, in a conversation I've had on the, on the podcast previously, the, um, somebody's quoted, uh, I think it was uh, Freud who said, um, there's a golden seed moment. And it's, just, it's whether, you, whether you see it or whether you don't see it and then act on it. Um, that, that helps people navigate through their life to, uh, to achieve their purpose. Was there a single moment in your life that that made it crystal clear that you actually Julian Roberts is here to unlock people's potential? I think it was more of a process, um, and I, I can't. I know that the moments of wanting to foster sparked something. I didn't know what it was sparking, and then reflecting, you know not being quite happy at work and I don't know why I was and, and, and some challenges there and then reflecting started to create, I guess, moments as opposed to a big moments yeah. and, and that process then. And obviously over time it's got more refined and more and a lot more clarity because I get a lot, lot, lot of clients who then go, I want to know my purpose and all this sort of stuff. And we go through ways of doing that. And I, I always say to them, don't get too caught up on knowing it right now. It takes time, you know, knowing your purpose, it can take time and, and just allow the space and the time to do that. And there will be moments where you go, ah, and it, and it ticks you further. Sometimes that might be a big moment and have a mixture. And so there was no specifics. It was just a number of little moments along the way for me. Yeah, no, completely. I think it's, um, I think it's important to recognize those moments as well. I think it was uh, Steve Jobs. That, that said you can't join the dots looking forward, you can only join the dots looking backwards. And I think yeah. by you recognising those moments, um, yeah. then that you can start to join the dots and, and understand that a little bit more. And no, I think it's re really powerful, really powerful. Why 100,000 leaders? <laughs> well, I guess I, I came to the point where I had this unlocking leadership potential and I just wanted to... I believe we have to put ourselves in an uncomfortable position to grow. And that's a really cliche thing, but it really is true. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's very cliche and people talk about it, but, um, and, and you can do it in two ways. I've been forced to, i.e. pandemic and all, or any adversity can force you to be uncomfortable. We should have a choice to accept it or reject it. Uh, or you put yourself in that place. Um, and I just felt I needed to just put a number on it. Um, and it's, it felt an uncomfortable number because um, it felt quite um, as an individual, you know, I'm not like an organization here behind me of hundred people or something. I am an individual at the moment. And I, don't, I don't know where this is going to, I don't know exactly. And that's what I quite get excited by. There's an unknown, but hundred thousand and that, 
yes, that, that's what it felt like, something that would stretch me. And that has then propelled me into doing podcasts, propelled me into doing global sort of uh, seminars and, and connecting with people around the world and um, put myself out there and collaborations. And it's created this stuff that's going on. And I'm not entirely sure where it's going, but do you know what? I'm quite excited by it, really. <laughs> yeah, completely. completely. And, and I think you don't necessarily need to know where it's going as long as you're joining the, the you, you can look back at your time um, and then you'll be able to join the dots and, and, and stuff like that. Because I think yeah. too, too many people, I believe, focus on trying to create such a robust plan now about how they're going to achieve that. That, that that they don't necessarily follow that because I don't know many plans that actually stay no. true to the to the plan. So I, I, I love the flexibility about what you're talking yeah. about and the agility in what you're doing and how you how you're going about mm. it. Have you have you always been um, agile in your approach? Well, no. I think my coaching individuals and training has made me more like that. It's interesting when I first was doing the training, I used to struggle with the, and I used to get. My, my trainers used to say, you know, I'd sit there, you know, coach something and start writing notes as, as I'm talking. <laughs> Slightly off-putting. <laughs> Hold on a minute, bear with me while I'm just going to make some notes on what you're saying. The person thinking, lost the moment and everything else. And and almost wanted to have a, a, a plan, not as elements of experience, but a plan of what I'm going to do along the way and how I'm going to do it. And actually, through coaching, you know, I've realized that actually going with, you got to have a direction. You got to go with some. You got to go somewhere. Yeah. But actually, going with where their subconscious is, what the wisdom moments are along the way, you use your tools and you know experience and everything else. Obviously, is actually a more powerful and more, and it's also more exciting. You know, because previously, you know, working in organisations, you know, I used to develop uh, five-year strategic plans, and keep all that blah blah all that sort of stuff and you know (laughs) and i realize actually not that they're not important of course they are you've got to have some form of plan but you know and as we know even now i think there you've just got to hold them a little bit more lightly um, and be more concerned with a direction rather than the specifics hows because you know if you know i was talking to companies in the summer gearing themselves up in the UK to come pushing back into the office government's telling us to get back in the office and then this week we've been told stay home yeah. <laughs> stay home because it's a changing and, and, and nobody's nobody's fault it's just how it is um and therefore all those plans of getting everybody back coming in a rotor system is now probably slightly changed and and I guess, you know, and I, and I talked to you before, you know, I'm, I, the more I'm thinking more about now is, you know, not surprising. We can't predict the future. Yeah. You know, no shit Sherlock, clearly. But do you know what? People do still try to predict the future. And even now, even less about predicting that future is just, you know, you're just, just so difficult. So, you know, focus on being agile, focus being on resilient, focus on being overcomers um you know providing the more resourceful or solution orientated you know working with your teams and how can we adapt and change here uh, and investing in looking after your people you know we know there's a i think a tsunami unfortunately of mental health issues will come out of this um 
And I think we just need to recognize that and, and work at ways to how to help organizations, how to help individuals. You know, it's, um, it's unfortunate, but we just yeah. got to work with that. So yeah, definitely working on that agility. And I've, you know, just through my coaching and through my own business, you know, I don't know exactly what the future is. I have a, as like yourself, the directional stuff, I'm excited by it, but I don't know the absolutes and I'm just willing to take that journey. And it is uncomfortable because I don't know. And you, you're in a similar situation. Yeah. And, um, but actually, from it, you'll learn loads more and be a lot more valuable to other people because of, of that uh, process. Yeah, completely, completely. So a couple of things that you, you mentioned then as well around, around well-being and, and offices and people being resilient um, and not knowing the future. Um, and is, is there any advice or words of wisdom that you can share to, to help? How can somebody become more resilient? How can they become more self-aware? Um, is there anything that they can do as a direct result of listening to you, you talking today um, that maybe can help them? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's I mean, I, I, I talk about this a lot. Uh, I do lots of articles on it. Um, and I don't, don't, I don't want to just give you a whole bank of stuff because there is, there's, and there's tons out there. Um, yeah. I, I think for me that the, the big one is um, knowing, I suppose, becoming more acceptance uh, of, of change. Um, and, and it sounds quite a, an obvious one, um, but having that place where actually you get used to change, because naturally our, our 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 systems, we we are, doesn't really like change. Um, even though we we change over the years quite significantly, you know. Yeah. You and I have lost a lot of hair over time. We've changed, um, but naturally, when we see change or something different. Um, we don't particularly like it and we and it kicks us into like a survival place um, and when you go into survival place you become um, well anxious you become uh, unclear about things you make wrong decisions wrong reactions wrong behavior. oh a whole host of stuff come out of it um, so it's because resilience is about building a skill and I, and I believe you should prepare yourself for change and that's why putting yourself in that place first in a more controlled sense is actually better and um, uh, will create uh, that. And it's almost trying to uh, create your capacity to accept change. And it's, it's, it's silly, it can be silly little things like, do you know what, if you always, whether you went, well, like I say go to work and have a, went a particular way to work or on a run or whatever it is, why don't you do it in a different way? Because actually that by doing it slightly differently, this sounds really small, but you know what? Small things are really quite powerful. You'll see things differently. Yeah. You'll get, you open your eyes, your ears. If you run a different route than you normally do, you might bump into people you never met before. Um, and so it gives you, it prepares that, that body to accept change. And the more you do that, and it could be trying different foods. It could be having a different drink. It could be, you know, instead of I talk about socially meeting, it's quite challenging now, but instead of meeting at the park, we're going to meet down at the beach. Uh, or actually, I'm going to do a barbecue down the beach with my family. I don't normally do that. It feels a bit uncomfortable. I've got to get it also. But actually, putting yourself in that, and these sound really silly little things, but actually, 
you become more comfortable and enjoy change. Yeah. And then when you get the the big things that come along, like you've been told to go back home again, you're not so rocked, you're not so thrown, you're not so overwhelmed. Still might get an effect, but actually you've got an ability to, okay, adapt, accept it, and bounce back. And so I think it's getting more com- more comfortable being uncomfortable, which is the accepting change and yes. find ways to do that. Yeah, I, I love that. And I resonate with that a lot, actually, because um, up until February this year, I, I worked away on, on client sites and I've done that for, for years and years. Yeah. Um, and then I made a conscious decision before COVID to actually spend more time with the family. And then in the first few weeks, I was working at home. So I've got, um, I had a six-year-old and a four-year-old at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, and the wife had been so structured in her routine, wake up at a particular time, the kids would be brushing the teeth at a particular time. And so, so her routine was disrupted and she didn't like change because it, I was, I was the, I was disrupting and we're all we're creatures of habit, aren't we? So yeah. her habit was formed and it was meticulous military operation. Um, and then for, to have me there and then I tried to help, but I wasn't helping all of these things. I think people have got to become more uncomfortable um, with different things. I listened to something the other day actually as well, where they said, why not try brushing your teeth with the opposite hand every single day just to, just to try it? So I think it's, it's about creatively thinking about actually, I always, I always drink a brew with my left hand. Can I drink it with my right hand? Um, yeah, I, I love that. I love, and I'm going to, I'm going to now think of everything that I do, the way that I do it and try to try to mix it up a little bit. Cause I think that's really important. Yeah. Well, it's funny cause I, I, I got this, sort of thought about 18 months ago or maybe two years ago actually two years ago and i felt i wanted to do something uncomfortable so that's when i did my first ever posting of a video on linkedin which was like why did i do that and then since then i've done over a hundred and and you know and i'm not the naturally that sort of person who wants to put the sort of lights on and everything else but it felt really actually felt really good actually very exciting you know going linkedin live was another one you know doing that, I felt like, whoa, this is really scary, but actually yeah. I felt excited. And the more you do, and, and, and you could, yeah, the, the more you get used to that, and you, and you not that you want more, more in the drug in that sense, but it, you just get comfortable with things. You know, I, I hear news of things happening in the UK on lockdown, and not that I dismiss it, but I go, okay, I don't get so thrown. And other people I've talked to, I've got thrown again, and literally, and it's not, not that I'm better or anything like that. It's just I'm trying to create a skill of, of adapting, really. And, and we have to hone it's a skill. We can't just, oh, they're more resilient. Lee's really resilient and Julian's really resilient and so-and-so isn't. No, no, it's just preparing to be more resilient. And it's, it's a skill. Yeah. Yeah, Julian, when you spoke about your daughter earlier on, you mentioned that, uh, that you went for a walk and... Um, and she naturally came up to the how part of the, the conversation without you having to prompt. Um, when you're coaching people, it sounds like she's a natural thinker um, and, and she's relatively um, confident in the, in the thoughts in her head and, and comfortable challenging herself in a thought process. Do you find that, that some people will think for themselves? Some people need questions to make them think. Um, and and how, do you, how do you navigate through that with the different people does that make any sense at all no no totally i mean every client i have um you know i always do a chemistry session anyway so they can feel comfortable with me before we even start um and it can sometimes take one or two sessions where i feel people feel comfortable 
because you know what I endeavor to do is create a space where they feel safe and not judged and will share and that that doesn't always happen initially it happens quicker with ladies than it does men um, I think men have a lot of um, ego sort of in the way initially um, until they realize that I'm not into ego and it doesn't impress me, then it, it tends to slip away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I find some people, and I do get this, some people want to be told they see it because people see a, a coach as somebody giving them advice. And, you know, at some point I, and I always ask permission, I may give them an option, an idea amongst, if they've exhausted everything, you know, the, the end of a heart thing and I'm putting the screws on them and they're going, no, no, keep going, keep. I can't, I can't. Okay. I've got one idea. Um, and I will, but that is, you know, the last resort in that sense. Um, it's about just getting used to that, you know, creating those, those questions and getting to, to reflect and some who find that really difficult, I will give them, you know, ways to go off, you know, in between the calls uh, to go off and you know go and find where you think best you know create those moments and just whether it's a walk run gym sitting in the car whatever it is they find it and almost start to train them into sort of stopping a little bit and to reflect uh, purposefully on things ask yourself some questions and things like that so uh, i might have to do a bit of that but normally after one or two building a rapport um because i do a lot of pausing uh, you know and i'm quite comfortable with it and, but some people find that really hard. Like yeah. he hasn't said anything because <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowing them rather than jumping in to think and then something else comes and it's that sort of holding that space. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah. So no, it, it, you do have a mixture, but I, I hopefully through the process, they get to a place where they start to think and reflect in a, in a really meaningful way that helps them going forward as well. Yeah, I was asked a question um, last week about, do I have a question that helps make people think? Do you have a question that helps make people think? <laughs> Apart from the question that I've just asked you about how to make people think? Um, I always start with most sessions is, what would you like to have happen? Okay. Um, it's, it's, um, it's based on, it's a psychotherapy approach. It's called clean language where there's no judgments. There's no loadedness. I'm not saying, you know, what do you want to get out of this session? It's like, what would you like to have happen? It's like kicking, I see it's like kicking a boat into the water yeah. <laughs> without any sort of rudder in that sense. See where it goes. And so I kick it off and you can see people and then they, and they, they, you can see them, their eyes going and thinking, and then, oh yeah, we had a really tough day. Da, 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 and then, and then you and see what comes out and then you just go with it. So that's, that's, I always start with that. Um, and then I, I might ask, is this, it's called clean language where you might say, they might say, you know, oh, it's like him against a brick wall. And I'll say, you know, what kind of wall? which is a bit of a strange question to ask, you might think. Uh, but what I'm trying to do is go beyond the subconscious that's trying to articulate something or a metaphor to what, what's, what's the root cause of that? Why has that metaphor come up? And I'm trying to get to that place. Yeah. 
and they go, oh, it's, it's made of, and they start <laughs> describing it. And it's, it's unpacking that metaphor because metaphors are great. I love metaphors. They start to, it's a, it's, a, it's a simple way your body creates something. It's like a story that's got thousands of stuff behind it that's got to that place. Uh, and we tried to get to navigate a bit deeper and why you got to that metaphor. Yes. Yeah. No. Perfect. No. Thank you. Thank you for those uh, th- those two suggestions. There actually, uh, I kind of wish I'd have kickstarted this podcast with Julian. What would you like to happen? Have happened. Have happened. Julian, what would you like to have happen? I would. I would you have answered that at the start of the podcast? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, amazing. Amazing. What does an executive leadership coach have for his tea? Um, oh, in fact, actually, just before you answer that question, why are you thinking? Um, because you've moved from Blackpool down south, do you still do you say dinner now instead of tea? I do say dinner, actually, yeah. Oh, posh boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, do I say dinner? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dinner, yeah. Yeah, dinner. So what does an executive leadership coach have for his dinner? Well, I, uh, well the, the difference is what I'd like to have and what my wife wants us to have. Um, <laughs> we, we sh- I, I do a lot of cooking, so it's not that I'm... She's gone more plant-based, uh, which I don't mind. I quite like the plant-based sort of diet and I don't eat a lot of meat, but I, I do like um, Middle Eastern food. My wife uh, cooks a lot of... Uh, has cooked in the past a lot of Middle Eastern type Moroccan food. Uh, so that, that, that would be... My, I'd like to, um, yeah. on a daily basis, it's the usual, you know, your pasta, your rice, your various stuff without meat in it. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. What's, what's next? What's next for you, Julian? What's next? Um, I'm, I say I'm, I've just launched my own podcast. Um, so that's, which you're coming on in. Yeah, what's, what's it called? Uh, Helping Organisations Thrive. So it's interviewing, you know, business experts, leaders, resilience experts, uh, and just helping. It's all about helping people or HR leaders, business leaders grapple with some of the challenges and not just as a pandemic, but just generally, there's always, there always will be challenges and getting yourself more into a thrive mindset as opposed to surviving. And uh, I've had some amazing guests. I'll say you're coming on in, whenever time, a few months time. Yeah. Um, so that'd be, that'd be great. Um, and so there's that going on. Um, I'm sort of doing some, uh, so continue to work with uh, organizations in terms of coaching uh, and continue to uh, do that footprints. I've launched lots of online stuff, which again, uh, it's been sort of uh, more self-paced stuff as opposed to, you know, um, me being there. Um, and just continue to see where it goes uh, and develop that uh, relationship with organisations. Yeah, so there's there's lots happening and lots of conversations. And a bit like yourself, Ria, I think for me, just just having conversations with people. And I, I, I've, I've learned to be a bit more, do you know what, rather than the, you know, having from a sales background where I'm like, oh, I want to get a sale, I want you to give me some money. I, my intent is to help and you know, along the way, that help will cost you money. But we all know that. that that's yeah. sort of a given, really. Um, and so when they feel that sense of, oh, this guy wants to help me, he wants to help my team do some resilient stuff or coaching, whatever it may be. And then there's a, the, the, the bit on the financial bit, which is fine, um, which is we all need to be paid. And that's a, a value piece. So, yeah. Yeah. And if, if people want to find out more about how you could help them or and all of the things that you've articulated about what you're on with, 
where's the best place for them to find out a little bit more about Julian Roberts? Yeah, I mean, I, I, the best place you connect with me is uh, on LinkedIn. Um, so Julian Roberts, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, you'll find me. Um, and so I've, I've published lots of videos, articles on there. But I also have a website, which is julianrobertsconsulting.com. And again, you can get all the other contacts. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube as well. I'm all there. So yeah, but predominantly LinkedIn is what I, I do. Yeah, and you did a little wave when you said YouTube then. I was, it was more of a thinking. All oh, right, I couldn't think of, I'm also on YouTube. I was trying to think of all the different social media stuff, but yeah, yeah. there's, there's how, too how many you, to think about. How do you keep on top of it all? Um, I, I create a content strategy now per month. Um, so I work out what I'm going to talk about broadly. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean I don't have in the moments. Um, I now I use, I'm creating a video where I, it gets edited by a friend of mine, her, her daughter does video editing. So that's to make, Amazing. I'm trying, I'm trying, you'll see it today. Uh, I'm trying that, see how that, that gets. So I'm doing that. Um, I do things like LinkedIn live, which gives me some exposure, but then on the way I get a podcast out of it as well. I'm, I'm trying to repurpose or optimize stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it is hard work at times. Um, be, that, that, that might explain some of the hair loss on, on both our parts. Yeah, and it, it's just keeping up with all the various things to keep the visibility. Because, and not just the visibility in a marketing sense. I just think you just got to be visible at this time. And yeah. even if it's this see your video of your article, and and you know, I try to do things that are yeah, genuine and just in the moment and from experiences and. Um, but yeah, no, it can be quite um, hard work at times. Yeah, no, amazing, amazing. I just want to say thank you very much for the opportunity to chat with you today, Julian. It's been a, an absolute pleasure to understand more about you, what you're doing, how you help people in your in your take on stuff. So I've, uh, I've really enjoyed this time. So thank you for that. Yeah, no, and thank you, Lee. No, I've, I've enjoyed our conversation. And uh, yeah, it's brilliant what you're doing. Thank you very much. Oh, there you go. He starts with a compliment, he ends with a compliment, and he has a whole host <laughs> of value in the middle. What an ideal guest. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day, Julian, and I look forward to catching up with you very soon. You too. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the business problem solver or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.